0: what is up ladies and gentlemen of the ethos lakers fan base and what a night to be a lakers fan after the 0-5 start the lakers have finally finally put a win in the column or in the iconic words of lebron james uh, it's about damn time it's about damn time And while that audio was audio extracted from when LeBron James won his first championship in Miami, I think the roar of that crowd pretty well echoes what the crowd at the Crypto.com Arena felt like tonight, seeing not just a win, but I think the vision of what it is and how it is the Lakers want to play, especially with how they're going to use Russell Westbrook going forward this season if they're indeed not going to trade him, which it seems like they're stubborn stubbornly not going to do which i mean ultimately may not end up being all that bad considering how his first two games off the bench he's actually played pretty well so we haven't recorded in a couple of days and we've actually missed a game and we missed a pretty important game even though it was another loss for the lakers and to put them at 0-5 But the significant thing about that game was that it was the first game in which the Lakers were going to put Russell Westbrook on the bench and have him come off the bench and be a sixth man. The troubling thing about that game, and I I won't spend too much time on it, but it was announced shortly before tip-off of that game that that was the first game of the season in which Anthony Davis would be sitting out. And the conventional wisdom was then that, well, now you have to put Russell Westbrook back into the starting lineup even though you've announced that he is going to come off the bench but uh darvin ham stayed with his plan russell westbrook came off the bench and anthony davis sat out against minnesota so there wasn't a whole lot to glean from that loss because you're going up against minnesota who has rudy gobert and carl anthony towns a true twin tower front court without anthony davis And it's going to be the first time that Winnie and Gabriel is going to get minutes. You're not going to learn a lot in that scenario. But what we did learn was that Russell Westbrook still managed to play 30 plus minutes, but he played them off the bench, shot six for 17, one for four from three. Was aggressive in driving the basket, which is important because he spends a lot of the time when he's coming off the bench playing without LeBron. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more here. But he was a little bit more aggressive. He got 10 free throw attempts. He only made five. But he got eight rebounds, got three assists. Was a zero in the plus minus. So he wasn't wasn't bad. He wasn't great. Scored 18 points. In LeBron's words, he thought Russell Westbrook was, was great. And he might have been. Truth be told, I missed that game as well. I'm just looking at the box score. But I did know that going up against this Minnesota team without Anthony Davis, who was going to spell doom, For the Lakers, and sure enough, Rudy Gobert went off for a 20-20 game. Also had two blocks and a steal. It was just probably not a great night for the Lakers, even though I didn't see it. But I did see tonight's game against Denver, which the Lakers have seen before. And so with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench against an opponent that you've seen before, yeah, we're going to learn a lot. About the Lakers in this game tonight, and I think we did well. But I'm going to go back to the Minnesota game for a little bit because I did want to kind of go over one thing. The first thing I did when I got out of the the plans that I had made for that evening was I went to the box score and I looked at you know just how bad things were going to be expecting. Pretty much the worst case scenario that could possibly be up against the Minnesota Timberwolves without Anthony Davis. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I'm looking at the box score, and, you know, both teams shot around 41%. Both teams shot around 30% from three. Lakers were 9 for 29, which wasn't great. But Minnesota was 13 for 40. So they shot just as bad. The Lakers actually out-rebounded Minnesota, which was surprising. And defensively, out-rebounded them by a lot. Assists, the Lakers could have shared the ball a little bit more. They had 20 assists to 27 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the way in which the Lakers have been running offense this season, that wasn't too surprising. But then you look at where it was that the Lakers lost this game. And they lost this game by 9. Minnesota Timberwolves had 10 turnovers in which the Lakers got nine points off those turnovers. The Lakers turned the ball over 22 times in which Minnesota got 25 points off those turnovers. And that's where the game was lost. 22 fast breaks to 16 for the Lakers. If the Lakers want to be this fast paced team, that gets great stops. They can't be settling for jump shots. And they certainly can't be turning the ball over willy-nilly like they were on this night. So fast forward to tonight against Denver. Damn near everything about this box score is going to be picture perfect. Lakers shot outshot Denver from the field at forty, almost 48%. 13 for 30 from three. That's 43%. 16 for 20 from free throw. They out-rebounded Denver 59 to 55. Had the same number of assists as Denver in 24. And then here's where the game was won. The Lakers only turned the ball over nine times. Nine times. Versus 22 the night before. And the Lakers won 121 to 110. Which also is one of those taco promotion nights if you were in crypto and you're in los angeles which i unfortunately am not i'm in austin texas but if you were in crypto you're gonna get some tacos watching this team play in the second half i think they played the way they've been wanting to this whole time with as many threes as they shoot their philosophy about it seemed to be kind of in reverse they were settling for a lot of threes. They would get a stop, shoot a three, miss a three. Get a stop, miss a three. Get a stop, miss a three. I even tweeted that in the first half. Well, in the second half, and Russell Westbrook actually kind of led the charge on this, the Lakers are great defensively. And when you, if you're going to be a team that gets stops and you want to lead the league in pace the way this team has been doing this season, When you get a stop and you initiate a fast break, you don't want to shoot threes if you don't have the personnel to do that. The first few games of the season, the Lakers have been really well playing inside the paint, and so if you're going to be a team that gets stops, and if you're going to be a team that leads in pace, you have to attack the basket, which is Russell Westbrook's bread and butter. He was fantastic tonight. Plus 18 in the plus minus. Shot six for 12, two for four from three because he was finally playing with confidence for the first time this season. Got eight rebounds, eight assists in 32 minutes off the bench. That's if, if if that's what he can be, if he can. Hopefully he was happy with that performance tonight. He seemed to be happy when Lonnie Walker was going off in the third quarter. This is who Russell Westbrook could be if he wanted to be His best minutes tonight were when LeBron wasn't on the floor because that's when Russell Westbrook was initiating the offense. I think Darvin Ham has to figure out how to manage the minutes between LeBron and Russell better if they're not going to trade him. Because when LeBron's in the, in the game and he's got he's got to initiate the offense, there's really nothing for Russell Westbrook to do there are times in which he's literally just standing in the corner and there's not as much movement in the offense. It becomes a pick and roll between LeBron and Anthony Davis. And that's the offense. And admittedly with Russell Westbrook and no LeBron, there was a lot of fluid movement, a lot of drives and kicks. A lot of the made threes were, were made from smart passes And that's not the way the Lakers had been shooting threes up until this point. Now, as exciting as it is for the Lakers to have gotten their first win, it is important to note that they're now 1-5. And And what I said earlier this season might still be in play, in which I said the Lakers at this point are only going to win the games in which they happen to shoot well from three, and they shot 43% tonight from three. So, the first win's exciting. Hopefully they can build on that. Nine of their next ten games are in crypto. And that tenth game, a road game, is against the Clippers. So the Lakers have ten games in a row in which they're not going to leave the city of Los Angeles. They need to build on this momentum. Looking at the box score, some of the things that stand out tonight... Even though LeBron LeBron finished with 26 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. He did have 3 turnovers, which is probably about what he's at for his career as much as he handles the ball. But he was a negative 1 in the plus-minus. And I didn't particularly think that, despite the points he had kind of an impactful game. Like it seemed like the most positive impact from anyone tonight uh, was the play between Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. When the two of them were in the floor together without LeBron, it was actually working pretty well. And I don't know what that means as far as the lengthy outlook of where this team's gonna go from here. But Anthony Davis was. plus 15 he shot 23 points got a steal got a block 15 rebounds for Anthony Davis making some jumpers shot 10 for 18 didn't shoot any threes he's evidently very hesitant to shoot threes now which I think is fine I think you look at a guy like Zion Williamson who proved in his very first career game that he can shoot threes I don't think he's shot a three since that very first game It's a thing he can do, but it's not really a part of his role. Anthony Davis can dominate in the paint, and that's kind of where he should live. Now, Ethan and I have talked about and kind of admonished how if the third best player in your team is going to be Lonnie Walker, you're not going to be a very good team. And, you know, while it remains to ultimately be seen how good this team is going to be, Lonnie Walker was fantastic tonight. Plus 15 in the plus minus, 18 points. In the starting lineup, five rebounds, two assists, shot three for five from three. Austin Reeves, our guy, 10 points for him, two for four from three. Really timely clutch buckets for him. He is a magnet for positive plays and just good things happening on the court. You saw it in preseason, he's elevated that this season. Once he becomes confident enough to be a volume shooter, and competent enough to be a volume shooter, and by competent I mean a competent shooter. He's obviously a very competent player. Once he becomes a competent enough shooter to shoot in volume, and I'm talking about you know, him being hovering around forty percent in twos and 35% in threes like once that's where Austin Reeves lives at volume he's going to be a fantastic player Kendrick Nunn terrible again just awful three points for him played three minutes I think Darvin Ham figured out pretty quickly that Kendrick Nunn was going to be non-impactful to this game you saw some decent minutes from Wenyan and Gabriel. He played nine minutes, made two buckets. Was really smart, really active. Matt Ryan. He got some good looks from three. Really smart kickouts and great passes from Russell Westbrook to Matt Ryan. He finished with six points, made two threes. Troy Brown Jr., Patrick Beverly. not Still not seeing a lot out of them. Patrick Beverly, I'm not seeing as much. Negative as maybe I thought I would. I think there are times in which his leadership and example has proved to be impactful. But as far as him doing things that show up in the stat line, which is kind of, you know, ideally where you'd want a starter to be, Patrick Beverly's not really there yet. And You know, if he's not going to be doing things that show up in the stat line, there's no reason why he should be starting with Russell Westbrook, which is what was happening in the beginning of the season. And so let's kind of focus back to Russell Westbrook here. So now that you have two games with Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, two games in which he is positively impactful. I mean, is that the plan? Is that what the Lakers are going to do for the rest of the season? Seeing as how... The the thing I think with, with the possibility of trading Russell Westbrook is no matter what you trade him for, no matter who you trade him for, are you going to get $47 million worth of compensation for it? I don't know. I don't know. You know, let's say it's the Miles Turner and Buddy Heald trade. Buddy Heald has actually been playing fantastic in Indianapolis. He's shooting the lights out. And Miles Turner has been playing pretty good as well. Well, Buddy Heald is actually kind of expensive too. And you wonder if, towards the end of that contract, if it's going to end up being worth it. It may not be. It may, at the end of that contract, be another Eric Gordon. Which, also, you know, Eric Gordon was a former trade target for, I think, Lakers fans. Lakers, you know, want Eric Gordon. You know, Eric Gordon wants to be out of Houston. He doesn't want to be in a rebuilding project because he's an NBA veteran. But I do think the window has passed for for an effective Eric Gordon. I don't think he'd be effective any longer. I think Buddy Heald is probably... is probably in the right space for the kind of productivity that you'd want for what his role is going to be. I'm still intrigued by the idea of Terry Rozier and Gordon Haywood. Hayward, sorry, from Charlotte. And it seems as though you can... Package Kelly Oubre with that I think if you bring back those three players And if you really want to get a center Because it doesn't seem as though Damian Jones is going to work out And we don't We have yet to see Thomas Bryant Damian Jones incidentally Tonight Two minutes Misses one basket Which could have been an alley-oop from LeBron He got a block In his two minutes But yeah, pretty it pretty evidently stands out that your front court entirely consists of Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Anthony Davis incidentally tweaked his back again tonight. So, I think since the issue of Russell Westbrook is going to be an issue all season, even though he's played two really good and positive games in a row, I think the possibility of him being traded is still there. And so we have to take a look at what possibilities are out there. And I think at this point I'm most intrigued by the idea of getting a new center in the Lakers squad. But I do think that the best way to go about that is the Charlotte trade, which would bring in three wings and then you go get Boogie Cousins off the free free agent market because, you know, whether or not he's going to be more impactful or as impactful as he has been throughout his career, he's probably not going to be. Is he going to be more impactful than Damian Jones? Probably. I can't picture DeMarcus Cousins playing two minutes, missing his one field goal and Darvin Ham just saying, nah, go go back to the bench. So that would be my solution. Now that Russell Westbrook is showing some positive value. Yeah, I like the idea of the Charlotte trade. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Kelly Oubre. You release Damian Jones, which would be sad and unfortunate. But then you pick up DeMarcus Cousins and... The Marcus Cousins and Anthony Davis have that familiarity of playing together in New Orleans. I like it. I think it could work. So I mentioned that nine of the next ten Laker games are at home. Let's let's take a look at the schedule fully. So I misspoke earlier when I said that the Lakers' next ten games are in Los Angeles. Nine of their next ten, 10 games are in Los Angeles. And technically two of them are are road games. Uh, And I say technically because one of those two road games is on the road against the Clippers, which is in crypto. So their one away game of the next 10 games is at Utah, which is not a very long flight from Los Angeles. So they play the Pelicans on Wednesday. The Pelicans are going to have had a nice little a mini vacation in Los Angeles they played against the Clippers tonight or earlier today before the Lakers played the nuggets so New Orleans is already in Los Angeles and I can't imagine they would go all the way home to New Orleans just to come just to fly back on Wednesday so they're probably remaining in Los Angeles then they play the jazz on Friday and that's gonna be this week and so I th- I believe Ethan will probably record after the Wednesday game against the Pelicans, which should be a good game. The Pelicans are really fun to watch. And if the Lakers are going to play the way they did tonight, it'll be a really fun game. Then of this home stretch, which we'll we'll go back to, you know, during the next few shows as we record, but just some things to look forward to in this home stretch. The Cavaliers come to the lake to Los Angeles. Brooklyn comes to Los Angeles. That's going to be an interesting game. Seeing as how people might might treat Kyrie. And because he's got some interesting things going on off the court. As he has been lately. I kind of don't want to discuss that yet. I do want to discuss it with Ethan. Because I, I, I know he would have a lot to say about the things that Kyrie has had going on. And the things Kyrie has been saying and doing lately. But. For now, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Ethos Lakers. This solo edition. I didn't mention my name when I started because I was too excited about the Lakers having finally won a game, but I have been your host, JC Delion. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at JCDeLeon1, although I'm 40 years old, so I almost never use my TikTok. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Ethos Lakers. You can follow Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. I don't know if he has an Instagram or not, but until then, hopefully the Lakers can keep this going. They were they were a really fun team to watch tonight, and that's what I hope I can see for the rest of the season: is a really fun team to watch. Until next time, we're out.